Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. Good day. This is Byron Jackson with Possibilities and our Breaking Ice uh, Building Bridges podcast. I can never read, I can never remember the name. I can barely remember my name. I could not remember the name. People say, this is the name of your show. And I go, okay. Um, and then I can't remember. And I'm the one, I I will actually do, I'll get to you eventually, Rita, but I will actually do, I will have a saying that I'll say, okay, we're going to do this. And then about a month later, I go, why are we doing this? And they go, because you told us to do this. And I completely have forgot the entire thing. With that, my guest is Rita Freeney, who does Sisters in Motion and Brothers 2. And I wish that we were videoing today because we could actually be in motion, couldn't we, Rita? We definitely could be. Definitely. You want to go ahead and do a little motion? Yeah. We can do some stretching. Okay. Okay, we could stretch while we're sitting. I'm ready for you ready? this. So yes. you just think about getting relaxed and just close your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes and just think about how beautiful this day is already. We're here. And just take a deep breath, Byron. Just breathe in deep through your ab, through your nose, and then just breathe out your mouth and breathe in deep again take a deep breath and then breathe out through your mouth real slow and just let all the worries of the day just breathe out with it if you have any and then just stretch up your body just sit in your seat tall extend your arms out and just raise them, raise them high. And just look up. And extend your arms out again, stretch them wide. And just let them relax, fall right to your side. Breathe in one more time deeply. Then breathe out real slow. Now open your eyes. Thank you very much. I will tell you, thank you. You're welcome. What made that really me excited about that is I'm excited. I want you to have your own. You need a Rita show. Okay. And so I just... Uh, you need to be touching a lot more people than me. All right. Simply, mainly because I forget most of <laughs> So you need an audience that will remember. <laughs> you think so, Ryan? You're so good at this, though. That's what I was thinking when I was riding over. I thought, you know, when I first met you, you were you are a unique person to meet for the first time. And I remember we were in the park, and you were doing the DJ for the neighborhood that's Night right. out. Yes. Remember? And you didn't know me. I didn't know you. But I, I find you and have found you to be somebody really unique. And you're just good at 
connecting people anyway. So, well, thank you. It's a, it is highly a gift where I try to be a vessel to pass on, to let people pass through me so that they can connect. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, I think, um, why I'm here on this planet is to allow people to pass through me so that they can meet one another. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, I've been, uh, you ever read a book called Grandmother's Hands? No, I have not yet. It is uh, uh, this guy, Resna, oh, I can't pronounce his na last name, but it's on racial, racial lies, generational uh, trauma. Okay. And how we carry trauma from generation to generation to generation. And that one of the things he says in there is that our brains, the way we um, size people up is either reptilian, like it's like reptilian. So it's either fear or safe. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we immediately, as soon as we meet someone, go, is this person safe? Mm -hmm. Are they dangerous? And uh, we don't do that at a conscious level, but that's what's going on inside. And um, so he says that you can't have generations of, like, for instance, seeing the police as dangerous right. without that trauma. So you could see a policeman and never have had a, an event with the policeman, but because of generational trauma, mm -hmm. you actually have a physical response to that. Right, And so the thing, why I'm bringing this up with you, he believes that the work to heal that is actually body work, that it's not sitting down talking as much as you have to do, like humming mm -hmm. or dancing mm -hmm. or uh, line dancing. Those things, they're not just good exercise. You're actually helping people to have tools on how to heal trauma that we have. I love that. And uh, so it's, it's just fascinating. So just how you have taken this body movement and really um, honed in on doing that, and, but really it's really addressing a um, lot, of, lot of hurt that we have that we don't even know that we have. That's so true. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's been a – subject of interest of the last just the last week talking to family members and just things that have gone on in this pandemic and all that we've done through the last few years and the word healing continues to come up and there's a lot of healing to be done so you're bringing up a subject that is really 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 paramount for me right now where I am in my journey and you mentioned generational trauma and that is something that probably the conversations have not come up enough about how much trauma are from generation to generation. So I'm excited that you bring in that subject. I'm excited that you have some expansion in that area here. And that is truly something that's going to tr transform our country, yeah. transform our families, transform our states and ourselves as well. So I'm excited that you are even talking about generational trauma and healing. That's right up my passion. Yeah, it's just so, 
It's so, and it's funny because we talk about laws, and I think laws need to be changed and uh, policies, but really the work that needs to be done is individually and with my own um, stuff, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. my hurt. Yes. And um, yes. I just don't ever want to look at my hurt, but once I kind of work with that, mm-hmm. I actually have a workshop that I do call um nothing oh really and uh i've been doing for some companies and i laugh at that but really what it is is kind of what you did with the breathing but helping people to clear a space Mm -hmm. out let's not have an agenda Mm -hmm. let's not have you're not this isn't a workshop where you're going to learn something per se but you're going to learn a lot. Okay. But it's clearing the space out, and let's see organically what comes up um, between us. And um, so it's been very nice because people I've had people cry mm-hmm. and laugh, and uh-huh. because when you clear the space out, right. you can heal. That's it. And um, so I'm glad you I get that. Where did you grow up at here in Oklahoma City? I did. I grew up in the neighborhood called Carverdale Edition. I did. You know, Carverdale Edition. It actually is a historic neighborhood. I, one of the very first uh, people that got involved with possibilities back in 2004 five was Joel Bradford. And do you know him? I don't know. I know some Bradford family. I went to school with some Bradfords. And they lived on Carverdale and Mr. Backus. What was Backus, yes. Those are my neighbor, were my neighbors. Yeah, and so yes. Mr. Bradford and... Uh, Mr. Bradford. I do know Mr. Bradford. He, yes. He had his yard was yes. immaculate. Yes, he was my neighbor, Mr. Bradford, now that you say yes. Yes. And he was a fascinating, fascinating uh, guy. Um, I mean, just... Uh, I just miss him every every day. But his, he was in World War II, mm-hmm. and they put him in charge of a Japanese prisoner war camp. Wow, I know that. And uh, when he got there, he said, I have one gun, and I have like 200 prisoners. And so I'm not going to be able to rule them with a gun. And he started befriending the Japanese, and he showed me letters years later of what his friendship meant to these Japanese prisoners that he had. And uh, he also, his family grew up around the town of Washington here, Mm -hmm. and there was sharecroppers, and they had land down, down there, and he had a garden. If you go down there, he has a well, and it brings up water, and he would garden and does greens for people. Mm-hmm. And the town of Cole, um, he started taking care of that. And somebody burned down. They had a school that was an all-black school. And somebody burned the building down. Mm-hmm. And the town of Cole came in and rebuilt the school and kind of adopted this, this piece of land that's just in a it was all black in the middle of, wow. and uh, so. Wow, that's really interesting, and I, I you know, grew up with him, but I would have never known that's part of him until you, you know, 
said that about him. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Bradford. As a matter of fact, before he passed away, I had spoke to him about Carverdale neighborhood and, and all the work he'd done, he had done with the association. Yep, yeah. yeah. And he we didn't get a chance to talk anymore and when he, after he before he passed away. Mr. Backus, as you mentioned, he did so much for the Carverdale edition and did a tremendous job of leading being the president and all that. And so with just my heart just I just had a heartfelt desire to do something because that's the neighborhood I grew up in. And so that's I a had, great, yes, great neighborhood. Yes. So we had some conversations a couple of maybe about a year ago we had some conversations about what could we do to restore the association. I had a conversation with some of the leaders there and um, in COVID. And so we haven't really talked about what we could do as far as, you know, maybe having, I don't know if it'd be a neighborhood association or just a group of people who care or what we would, you know, name it. There's a lot of, of legacy there and I'm part of it. Yes, you are. That's a, I am. It's just an amazing, amazing, I mean, a lot of su- the success of possibilities is um, from Carverdale. Really? It's our first, I mean, our first cleanup of an area because, at that time, the way we got involved with them was people were selling their houses and renting them out, mm-hmm. and they became like crack houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so trying to get crack houses and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to build the community back up again. Right, right. I've been probably back in the area just a few, maybe the last maybe the decade, and you have a lot there, and and I can see the neighborhood is – is improving. I can see where it had, you know, the deterioration in past maybe a decade or so. But however, it has such possibility, especially yeah. possibility, especially now with all the, the north, you know, the on the Douglas Center being remodeled and re- rebuilt, and the golf course is going to be an excellent, yeah. you know, for the neighborhood. So it's going to be a lot of possibilities for that neighborhood and those residents to to really thrive. Now, did you I go believe. to Douglas? I did. So, yeah. I went to Edwards Elementary, which is right around the corner, yes. and they're doing some great things with the early childhood education. Yeah, I heard that just recently. The F.D. Moon, which was Kennedy, we were the first class of Kennedy, which is now F.D. Moon, and of course, Douglas graduate alumni. Now, what was your first um, encounter with, like close encounter with, like whites? I went to HBC University, so the whites that I did encounter, they only were on campus in the daytime. Oh. It was Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. So they were there in the daytime. And so there was just, you know, little brief encounters. You would see them passing on campus. Mostly after five, you wouldn't see, you know, whites on campus, which it was kind of interesting to, to see that. So I think that was the very first encounter as far as having students engaging in class and that kind of thing. Because I think we had our first white student before we graduated. We had one white student in our graduating class. I remember I went to, uh, up in Denver, I was at a all-black school, and we were uh, going to be best the next year. But I remember uh, we were talking about white people, like we're going to visit like aliens on another planet. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we're going, and yeah, and all their butts are flat and 
We're like, flat bats, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get to the school, I'm looking at everybody's butt to go. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was my first uh, encounter was in, in college. In college. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it is uh, interesting. My first probably was in middle school. Okay. And so, which was junior high at that time. And um, I mean, it was fine. As I, if I, in high school, I really uh, blended well. I, I mean, I just feel like that you're talking about callings, that my calling is to always be a bridge between races. And that started happening very early in my life. So you you went you went to school. You grew up in Denver. Yeah. Okay. I could see you'd had more you know exposure in another state. I remember when uh, Martin Luther King got killed, and we had like a riot, and for some idiotic reason, the school decided to keep school going that day. Mm-hmm. Well, then all the blacks from the all black school, and. They surround it like our school. So every time the whites would leave, I mean, they would get beat because, I mean, it was it was intense. Mm-hmm. And I remember having white friends asking me, could I walk them to their car? Really? And uh, I have no idea where I got the courage to do that, but I walked them, I mean, I walked, them to their car. I mean, I remember people like screaming, but nobody bothered us. And, um, and so, so I had a lot of confusion, but I really did see that my calling was mm-hmm. bridge building. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I right. go. And so my family would always go, oh my God, he's bringing a Mexican home. He's bringing a white person home. Oh, and, yeah. And so, That's cool. That's cool that you had <laughs> such an early in the experience of diversity already. That's that definitely, you know, says that's what you're called to do is be a bridge. My, f- my family would always give them the um, Chitlin test for my close friends that were white, and so I would tell them, I'd say, "No, you don't have to eat these, but my family they'll be polite to you." But you're not in until you like <laughs> like some chitlins, and uh, so they would go and they go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're pretending like they're like. <laughs> but once they did that, they're like in with my because you could tell when you were in my family because they would start giving you crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they were polite to you, I mean, you just you you're weren't out. in. You're out. You're out. <laughs> I well, love it. Well, tell us a little about, tell me a little bit about uh, how Sisters in Motion started. Actually, Sisters in Motion started out of a, you know, my own personal health journey. I can remember I was working, working in corporate, working in the customer service industry. Where where at? Sprint. Okay. Sprint and working in customer service in different areas. And, you know, when you work in, you work in a call center, which is call center environment. Sometimes you don't have a lot of movement. You have a chance to get a, you know, kind of move around. And so I decided that uh, after almost a decade that I need to make some changes health-wise. So I had 
began to, you know, gain weight and, you know, energy, didn't have a lot of energy and that kind of thing. I said, I had to do something different. So I just made those personal changes. And from that, walked in the neighborhood, gathered some friends. We thought, oh, this is great. Let's start a group. And then we had these snazzy little cute T-shirts made. <laughs> People start seeing them. What is that? And they okay. So we gave the name. And out of that, just my own personal health journey and just starting to do make some changes myself. And just grew into a camaraderie, a support system, a whole uh, accountability. Now, what would fun. your vision be? If, you, if Sisters in Motion could be anything in the world, what would you like it to? I would like to see it be a connector, a connection of people, a connection of ideas and, and dreams, and for people to really see each other and be there for each other. And I would really like to see it, it become a, it, to be the, the catalyst in people's lives as far as, you know, Doing the best, becoming the best, giving your best. And I, I think that we've done a lot of that already, just the support of the team thus far. You said in there to see each other. What do you mean? I think we, like you said in the beginning, we, we, we see each other and, we, and then we don't see each other. We see each other, but we don't see each other. So I think it takes it takes time. It takes uh, a heart of love for each other. It takes uh, respect for each other to really see each other. It takes the time to listen to each other to really see each other, because everybody has different you know perspectives. There has different ways that they've grown up. People have different traumas, like we talked about earlier. So I would like to see Sisters in Motion and Brothers to be that catalyst to really connect people in a way that they really see each other. It's so um, interesting because uh, I do do a lot of um, what people call icebreakers or games with people. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really very spiritual. because when we play, we let down our guard. And so I see the same with what you do with the dancing. I mean, you're dropping your guard. And then once you do that, you can talk. And real that's when the real work begins. Right. Um, most of us are very, uh, I'll speak for myself. I really operate a lot on fear, I think, growing up, and insecurity, and that I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what I mask all the time. And so the more I trust people, the more I let that down, the easier it is for me to let that go. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Because that's the work. Yeah. That's yeah. the work to to help people not be so guarded and let their guards down and, and let people come in. It's so, fu- <laughs> it's so funny in the Bible, Jesus says uh, when he's a kid and he goes off and he, t- tell, you know, he tells his mother, where can I be? But 
I'm, I'm in God's house. Mm-hmm. Why are you worrying about me? But that really sticks with me in terms, because people are always, I, I think about conversations. And so I want all of my conversations to be, as you say, seeing opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm sitting in a restaurant drinking coffee with somebody, right? I mean, I'm not really there talking about sports. We're talking about let's see each other for a moment. Yes. Yes. And, and so, uh, so that was it. So has that always been kind of your journey? This has been uh, very good. I don't know if I even asked any questions about Sisters in Motion. I'll ask more in the next. 20 minutes. This has been really great 20 minutes already. So it goes quickly. It does. It? You it, said it would. <laughs> I, I, I do not joke. This is Byron Jackson with uh, hitting the microphone. Sorry. This is Byron Jackson with breaking ice and building bridges. And we'll be right back with Rita Freeney right after this. Byron Jackson, still here with Building Bridges, Breaking Ice. I'm with my friend, Rita Freeney, and who knows what the heck we'll be doing here. We're supposed to have a subject matter. I have not um, remembered what it was supposed to be. So, Rita, you and I have just been making this up, haven't we? We have. It's been great, though. It's been great. <laughs> it, ha- yes. it has been great. Yes. And so we talked a little bit uh, last hour. Before... I know there's a couple of questions you want to ask. Could I ask one question f- for you? Sure, sure. Because you also are a very unique individual. Has your have you had to suffer being unique throughout your life? I would say there has been some. Maybe not. Maybe not suffering. Just not understood or... That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's part of the suffering. Just not being understood or yeah, just... Yeah. I've always been curious, adventurous, and so that may come off a little strange to people. I've always wanted to do different things and try different things, which may come off a little different for people. So... Isn't it funny how much resistance there is to that. It, people always say, you know, take a chance, but mm-hmm. then you do, Ooh. and they go, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. So I've been the one that has probably taken, I've taken a lot of risk. And yeah. so when you take a lot of risk, you know, you just had that's part of it. Now, have you done, have you been like that your whole life? I have. I have been like that. I've, I've been a risk taker. I've probably done things that are kind of, uh, you know, little, little different but I've always been curious in that area I've I love to read so I'm always reading about other people's ventures and things that they try and I figure well they tried it and they they did okay so why not try I had that same curiosity but I really didn't have anyone to guide me mm-hmm. and so I ended up um, I mean drugs jail and uh and even there, I was curious. I would, like, even my stealing, I would steal things that mm-hmm. other thieves hadn't ever thought to steal before. And i go, you know, we could go steal this. And i go, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't like the 
meanest, but I was the most creative crick okay. that there was. And uh, But in raising my own children, I remembered that I, I did not really have anyone that fostered my creativity. And so I always want to do that. With, and so my kids are very, very creative now. And and when they, like I have one daughter that she spent her senior year in high school in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, because I know that if I didn't foster her creativity, she would find more destructive ways to do that. Well, that's, that's good. That really speaks volumes for you as a parent because parents, they're, lots of times they're so busy, they don't have the time to really foster and, you know, yeah. guide their children when their children have lots of gifts and skills and they really just need to be honed in on. So they're working and trying to take care of the family yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. So lots of times children do go without that fostering, and I'm hitting the mic again, the fostering of their gifts and talents goes unmet, and I can see that. And that's part of what I would like to see more maybe you know, parenting skills for parents to recognize some of the things that their children are really excited about and then direct them in that area. Lots of that. We didn't have a lot of that growing up as well. It's, so, yeah. That's why I'm saying, I mean, really what you have overcome just to be who you are, there were some hurdles that you had to overcome mm-hmm. because the world did not invite you to be doing Sisters in Motion. Right. And so that part is just fascinating to me because uh, it says a lot about the character of who you are and what's important and how strong and how resilient you are and how many times people tell you to just sit down and be quiet. And they still do. (laughs) (laughs) You know they still do. You know they still do. But I'm still here. And yeah. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still asked to speak. So there is, there's a lot to say about resilience and just, you know, pursue your dream. And I know a lot of times that sounds, you know, just cliche. It's still in you, and it's been in you all the time. Mm. The things that's, that's in you and that's always going to be with you. And so if you can just get somebody like you say to help you guide you in those areas, you do need to fulfill your calling. And there's so many people that didn't get to do that. So I'm here to say, find someone, ask questions, get some help in doing what you need to do, and do it. Because there's a lot of people who really regret not pursuing what they really know that they were called to do on this earth. Yeah. I know. When when I took over as director... um, Cause I'll be seventy in June. Me and too. I, and May. Happy, in uh, May. Oh, you old woman! <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm excited about it, though. I am too. I'm still like breathing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when I took over uh, as director, I I said, okay, at this age, I'm either going for the whole enchilada or not at all. We're not going to play safe. I love that, Brian. And, I um, love that. And so I scare the poop out of my board of directors because I'm just taking chances all the time. It's like this studio here. I mean, when I said that, people go, 
just sit down and be quiet. Just do what we're supposed to do. And they go, no, no. Mm -hmm. So you told me to ask you about Bridges, so. You mentioned earlier uh, Bridges, building the Bridges. That's part of the mission, correct? Yes. And when you said that, I had an idea a couple of years ago on that same subject of building bridges and getting people to cross a physical bridge. And so I presented this idea to Home Depot and they liked it. And they were willing to build the actual bridge. And the concept was to get people of all diverse ethnicities to physically walk across a bridge to each other. And they would make this commitment that we would see each other, that we would go across this bridge and build relationships and connect with each other. This was the commitment. And they would also make a financial commitment, a donation to building the bridge and, of course, COVID, we didn't get a chance to get that done, but they were willing to, I saw the material, they were going to provide the material, and we are going to have an actual experience of taking this bridge around the city to set it up where people could come and actually cross the bridge physically as they're going across. They're connected with each other. They're meeting each other. They see each other, and they make a written commitment. They somehow, we track it, we... You know, we keep it, and then we would go to different areas and do the same. But maybe corporations or families or wherever we could take this bridge and just build relationships and build a bridge because there's so much division now, and that's that just came to me. So that may be something that we may be able to collaborate with in the future. What do you think? Uh, my head is, like, already spin, <laughs> spinning on the... <laughs> Jasmine says Jasmine's yes. thumbing up. <laughs> I go, okay, so first, how big a how big a bridge does it? Well, we we measured the Home Depot truck that could take it was eighteen feet, so they could actually provide the truck that would haul the bridge, and so we measured it, so it would have to be at least eighteen feet for their their truck. Of course, we can get something bigger, but for them to offer the vehicle and the material and building and all that. I said, we could start at 18 feet. I think this, like, I love this idea. I w- they were going to, they were building it. They were going to build it and they showed me the material and all that. We just had to put it on hold. And so it just has to be a conversation that has to be made. Again, just revisit the conversation with the, the company. If you the revisit that conversation, mm-hmm. then you and I, we'll talk Okay. After this. Okay. And then we'll, I, I love the idea. I just. You do? Yes. Okay. I, I just am floored by it. And I just, I was thinking like to go to like a bridge and cross. Mm-hmm. But this way you're actually taking a bridge, bridge to two people. people. Yes. And so I really, I really love that idea. You can take it to schools and get kids to walk across it and, you know, connect them where uh, they. I could just envision it can go anywhere. The whole, yeah, oh. the whole teaching of that. And mm-hmm. uh, you could have people do it in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, then you could have them talk about uh, how it felt yep. mm-hmm. and uh, yes. what does this mean? Yes. And so, I mean, there's this whole conversation just with, so I love that idea. Very Great. nice idea. Great. 
and I won't take credit for it, but it's a great, <laughs> we would be glad to partner on that. That'd be great. I think that'd be, it would be, it needs to be done. And so with, with possibilities, and I think about possibilities, and I, I, I read a lot of the mission and, and what you've done, and all things are possible. So I love that you like the idea, and I would be honored if you would tag team me with it. Let's or whatever tag team you it. Let's make this happen. Okay, all this right. Is, uh, I'm ready to stop the broadcast now and just start. Make some phone calls. <laughs> we have a bridge, and it's coming. And so I have to, Kelly, who's the assistant director, associate director, I don't know what her title is. She um, actually makes me promise like I can't have any more new ideas. Right, I, I get that too. This you can this year. Right, no more new ideas. I get it. I get it. So this is great, Frida, because this is your idea. Mm -hmm. So when I bring it to her, she can't say no. Okay, I can't go. This isn't my idea. This is Rita's. <laughs> Well, actually, actually, it's a God idea, it's and a I God. just he's it's using me to. Can you can you say something something about it? I said, okay, I can I can ask. So yeah. Isn't it funny though with um, leaps of faith? I was actually talking about faith this morning, mm -hmm. and with leaps of faith, uh, God doesn't give you like a blueprint. Mm -hmm. He just gives you a nudge mm -hmm. to take a take, jump, oh, and then oh, it, and then yes. it's like, okay, what do I do now? Right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always somebody already in place. That's what I love. It's yeah, always yeah. The, just, you, you just do your part. You just do your. Just I've got keep... somebody already in the in the on the other part. I've got somebody here, and and so I love that. It's always somebody already in place. You just do your part. Yeah, there's a guy I heard uh, give a talk once, and he said that um, if God wants something to happen, um, walls will come tumbling down. And he was a guy that. Um, because he's from North Carolina, and he, as he was 17, and he was drunk and hit somebody and killed them. Oh and so he ended up going to uh, prison. And so uh, later, after he, get, he ended up getting out of prison, he started taking AA meetings to, back to prison. And uh, that became very successful. And one day the warden called him in and said, would you be interested in working here? And he says, do you know who I am? He goes, yeah, we know your record and stuff. And so he ended up working there. And then um, he kept uh, working and for some years. And one day the warden came and said, would you be interested in being the warden? Of the prison here mm -hmm. and he says do you have any idea who i and he goes we know who you are right. and so he became warden and then he did that for some years and then they asked him would you be interested in being the commissioner for all the prisons in oh. north carolina and he said do you know who i am <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> <And> asking because <laughs> so, yes we do and so that's what he did till he retired and his saying was, if God wants you to do something, walls come tumbling down. I believe that. And, uh, you know, that's yeah. what that leap of faith is. If, you know, if 
if we're really pushed in this direction, walls come tumbling down. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to do something with you, Rita, just because you live that and you breathe that. You know, you just take these leaps, and I I would gladly leap with you. I have no idea where the hell we're going to end up, but I'm ready. But I like that you are, and I love that you, you know, you're you're the kind of person that I'd love to take the leap with. So I'm honored. That's great. Yes, let's do it. Hopefully we won't (laughs) end up in jail. (laughs) <laughs> oh no no and if we do we got friends yeah, we got, I do got friends I, got friends. I do got friends. got friends I was really a very good uh, jail guy oh, okay I mean I don't want to go back but I actually got along great in there and um, and so I never have been very good physically but I could talk my way out of like anything and I would cheer people up and yes. tell jokes mm-hmm. and and we do need laughter, and we do need lots of joy. Right about now, we do. So thank you for all that you do, all that you bring. Well, thank you for bringing up. I, I also am very concerned about our division and um, how serious it is. And it's COVID was really interesting because it hasn't been probably since the 70s that I have walked around where I wondered if someone was going to harm me because of my race. Mm-hmm. And also I, in the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. I worried about that because mm-hmm. I'd be in Norman or something. And I, in the 80s and 90s, I mean, things were like fine. Mm-hmm. And Suddenly, just with the hostility, yes, where I look at somebody and I worry, mm-hmm. is this person going to do me harm, right. uh, or does this person have antagonism towards me? Yes, and I never, uh, and so that is my struggle is really to overcome that fear myself that I have. But our times are so tense right now; mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really. Um, there's a lot of, we need a lot of bridges. We do. We do. We need a lot of bridges in a lot of areas. So that's something that we can definitely do together. Well, we, we're going to do this. So this, you have it on recording, plus Jasmine. <laughs> Reed and I are going to go and build the a bridge. bridge. I'm actually not going to do any of the bridge building like the hammering. Okay. But I will walk over it. Okay. All right. Well, that's your part. So you, you just come do your part and I'll do, I can do a little hammering. They don't like, they don't like, my family doesn't let me hammer. Don't um, let you do any They don't let me hammer it. Okay. I, I don't that's hammer okay. well. That's okay. That's okay. We all have different abilities. So just bring what you have. One minute. Three minutes. All right. Anything you want to cover in our last three minutes? Uh, just love the work that you're doing. I read a little bit about what you've done. And and when you said that you were the executive director, I thought that just made sense. It's a great fit. And getting to know you more, it's just a, it's just a delight. And I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the Zoomathon. It was just a blast. Oh. And it was just so good that we got a chance to be a part of that. And like I said, you were the perfect host for the Zoomathon. And I hope all went well with the the effort because it was just amazing. Our team loved it. I got to see more of you and who you are and how you are. And you're just just 
a wonderful host. Well, thank you. That's part of your gift as well. You're just a great host, and it was so much fun to come and do that, and it was a great place to do it. And just seeing what you all have done here and, and the, the dream that you have and look around and see the, the aesthetic beauty and your team and, and looks like that you're on the, you know, I know you're on the right track. And so just keep, keep, keep dreaming and keep building and keep but growing. Part, part of my dream is to actually make you part of our team. So, Oh, okay. So I'm All right. I'm thinking beyond just, okay. So, All right. Well, let's, let's continue to talk. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep this conversation going. <laughs> I want to get you on the team, dear. That's okay. why I keep going. Come okay. to this training. Okay. Because... Okay. Well, you know, one more thing I want to think about. Okay. We're getting ready to be 70. Yes. And when we get there, that's as much as God has promised us. And he did say the latter days are going to be greater. So let's just do great things. We'll do great let's just things. Do- <laughs> Rita, it has been great, great having you. Thank you so much. You guys will hear a lot more, Rita, and you'll see our bridge someplace. Mm-hmm. And so Definitely. it's been Byron Jackson with Rita Freeney. I think we're about done. We're out of here. Yahoo! Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Breaking Ice, Building Bridges is the Possibilities Community Podcast Platform. Thanks for tuning in.